life. Did you guys enjoy last week? If you didn't get to um, be here last week, we had our first service of this series, and it was all about fellowshipping with God. It is so important and vital. If you want to be a successful Christian and live this life for the Lord, that you have a relationship of fellowship with the Lord. And so if you are on Facebook or you are um, on podcasts for the church, um, please look those up if you didn't come last week so that you can catch up and listen to that service. It will bless your socks off. Amen? All right, today, successful Christian living, um, the successful Christian life, in order to be successful, you must have faith. Faith. I'm going to tell you the definition of faith just from Webster's Dictionary, for, first of all. It says, it's the complete trust or confidence in someone or something. To have faith is to have complete trust. All right, so with that being said, let's read Hebrews 11:6. It says, without faith, we could say, without complete trust, without complete confidence in God, he says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without you having complete confidence in the Lord, it's impossible to please him. Without faith, it's impossible then to have a successful Christian life. You must have faith in who you're trusting in. You must have faith that what he says is the truth, right? And so he needs us, if things are going to work out for us, he needs us to have faith, totally trust in everything he has to say. Amen? Look at, we looked at all these different men of God in the word of God from the Old Testament and how these supernatural things came to, came to um, happen in their life. We talked about Enoch. We talked about Abraham. We talked about um, Moses. And we talked about how they did these supernatural things because they had this fellowship. They had this relationship with God. They not only talked to God, which we often, we could raise our hand, I'll ask, how many of you talk to God? Okay, now here's a different question. It is a totally different question. How many of you listen to God? <laughs> I'm not like laughing at you, but some people like don't raise their hand. They're not confident in that. And we need to have confidence that if you have fellowship with God, it's a two-way street. You should be spending time talking to him, but also fellowship is spending time listening to him. How are you going to hear what he has for you to do or what he has for you to say. How are you going to let your footsteps be ordered of the Lord? He's not grabbing your shoulders and guiding you. He's speaking to you. He's telling you from his word. He's telling you by his spirit. He's telling you by his spoken word. He's telling you and speaking to you in that still small voice in that time of fellowship what you need to do. And so we talked about how they had a successful Christian life because of their fellowship with the Father. They not only spoke to him, but they heard from him. And so we need to have a successful Christian life. We need to have fellowship with him. And when he speaks to us, we need to have what faith is, total and complete trust in what he's saying and what he's telling us to do. If you look at Abraham, he had to have total and complete trust when God said, I'll make you the father of many nations, and here he's 100 plus years old, his wife, her, her, the word of God says her womb's as good as dead, right? And so she's like 90 plus years, Sarah laughs at the thought of having a child, and she's in this old age, but God's promising him 
a son. And not only that, he's promising him to be the father of many nations. Talk about your mind not comprehending the things that God has in store for you. Talk about my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are bigger than your thoughts. God had some big plans for him, and he's like, I thought I was at the end of my life, you know? But God still had these plans for him, and he's like relaying these things to him. And Abraham, because of his faith, didn't doubt. Even though there were circumstances that said, no way. There's no way that's going to happen. And so now after some time, you know, after some supernatural encounters with the Lord, Sarah does get pregnant, and she does have a son, Isaac. And um, after he has Isaac, he's like, wow, the word of God is true, you know. Not that he didn't believe, but he's like, you know, walking in faith, and he's like, it started, and whatever. And then God tells him to sacrifice his son as a, you know, offering to him. And he's like, because of his faith, he was even willing to lay his son on the altar. I mean, that's some crazy stuff. But he knew, because God's promises are true, that if he had to, he would either provide a sacrifice or he would just go ahead and raise him back up from the dead. He had absolute confidence. That's total, complete trust. That's a total example of total, complete trust in the God you serve. That's why God called him the father of faith. (laughs) Because he's like, I can ask you the harshest thing, the hardest thing that you could ever be asked to give your one and only son. Isn't that a great example of what God did for us? Your one and only son and to have the trust that he will come through for you. All right? And so God gave him this son. He's willing to give him up for him. And then God's like, I see your heart. And he didn't allow him to sacrifice his own son. He just wanted to see his faith in God. And God wants that from us. He says, without that kind of faith, and I don't believe he's going to ask us to do that nowadays, (laughs) you know, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. He wants to know that you're hearing him and that you're willing to do whatever he tells you to do. And it's for our own protection, our own good, right? He's only going to do, um, tell us to do what's good for us. So it was by faith that each one of these men and women in the word of God did what they were told. Because almost every single time, I don't know if you've experienced this, almost every single time God tells you to do something, it's uncomfortable. It's not in your comfort zone. It's stretching you to your very limit. It's believing something. It's totally believing something before you even see it. <laughs> that is a definition of faith. Actually, Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things we cannot yet see, but we will see. Amen? Amen. We will see it if we continue in faith in him. Um, I'm going to be talking about Hebrews 11 here in a second, but Hebrews 11 is like the who's who's list of faith. It's, it lays it out for you. All these men and women of God who walked in faith believed what God had said before they seen the manifestation of what God has said. And I think that we have a few of those words spoken over this church. How many of you believe what God has said before we see the manifestation of it? Why? Because God's word does not lie. God says something and he makes it good. And we don't always understand, and Abraham, he waited for some time before the manifestation of the promises of God. 
And so you might have received words of God and just, you know, standing on the foundation and the promises of God's word for your life, for your family, for your situation. Have faith in God. Don't give up. The Bible says you will reap if you don't faint. What is not fainting? It's continuing in faith, continuing to believe God's going to work things out for you, continuing to trust what his word says about your circumstance. Amen? And so faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So all these men and women of God that we read in the Word of God, all the way from New Testament, Old Testament, we see that they had two things that made them a success so far. We're going to talk about another one next week. But we see that they had fellowship with God. They both not just talked to God, but they heard from him. And you can hear from God, by the way. The Bible says that he's your shepherd, you're his sheep, you hear his voice, amen, and you don't follow the voice of a stranger. He, you hear his voice. He made you so that you could hear him. You're his son and you're his daughter. And so one key element, a person that's successfully living for Christ is they have fellowship with the Father. The second key element is they have faith. They have faith in every single thing that God says that is coming to pass. Amen? In James 2.14, the word of God says, Faith without works is dead. That means you can say all you want that you believe what you're hearing, but until you put it into practice, it's, it's dead. It's not working for you. It's not going to happen for you. If you don't set your own hand to it, Amen? That's why I had you guys, you know, some of you were singing, it is well with my soul, but you were still in turmoil because you weren't putting into practice actually speaking and declaring some things over yourself that, yes, by Jesus' stripes I was healed. Jesus purchased the keys of death, hell, and the grave. I cast those cares. These are all actions. These are all actions of faith where you're speaking, you're declaring, you're casting, you're binding the enemy. You're doing things in action to your faith. And then suddenly, the peace of God fills your heart. And you can sing, by faith, it is well with my soul. You know? And so we do things by faith, not because we're ignorant, not because, um, you know, we're just, we're acting dumb in a dumb way or anything. We're doing things by faith. We're declaring things by faith, not because it's not going to happen, but because we trust God it is going to happen. Amen? That he already took care of it. Let's turn to Hebrews 11, and we're going to read through it a little bit. That's why I'm wearing my glasses today, so I can see these little tiny print words, because <laughs> I'm going to read almost the whole chapter. Um, hallelujah. We'll start with verse 1, which we already read. Faith is the confidence that we hope for that it will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot yet see. Though their faith um, through their faith, the people in the days of old earned a good reputation. I want to earn a good reputation. I want to be known to have had a successful Christian life. And that's who we're looking at here. People of faith who saw God work miraculously in their life were people who God saw as successful. That's why they're in the word here. He says, by faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that we know that we now see, and it did not come from anything else that can be seen. 
It was by faith that Abel, Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man. Amen. And God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. He, God asked for something specific. Abel did that something specific. Cain did not follow through with God's command. Why? Because there was a lack of faith there. And so God looked at as Abel's sacrifice as something that was approved unto him because that's, he did what he was asked, and it was because of his faith. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. But before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. And what did we hear? You have to have faith to please God. So he lived a life of faith. If he didn't live a life of faith, the word of God says it's impossible to please God, then God wouldn't have him in here saying he pleased God. He pleased God because of his faith. And it's impossible to please God without faith, it says. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those that diligently seek him. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about the things that, he, that had never happened before. So in other words, he had fellowship with God. He heard what God was saying, build an ark. Here's how you build it. There hadn't been a drop of rain in some time. And everyone around him is ridiculing him, blaspheming him and his God, telling him he's ridiculous, yet he had such faith. Even though he was faced with such controversy, even though every single thing around him said there is no way there's going to be a flood, he knew he heard God's voice. So if you have faith, when you hear God's voice, you run with it because you know it's going to bring you protection, it's going to bring you success in life, and it's going to be for your good. So Noah had to have not listen to the things around him, not listen to the voices and people around him. He had to have faith and put action to that faith. Amen? His family would not have been saved. You know, God wouldn't have been able to use their family to reproduce on this earth. So he had to have faith, believe that this was going to happen before he saw it. I mean, wow. So it was by faith he built this ark to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about things that had never happened before. By his faith, Noah um, condemned the rest of the world and received the righteousness that comes by faith. It was by faith, I talked about this a second ago, that Abraham obeyed God who called him to leave home and to go to another land that would, have him, that would have him as his inheritance. And even when he reached the land that God had promised him, he lived there by faith, for he was like a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and so did Jacob who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to conceive a child that she, because she was barren and she was too old. So not only was she too old, it says she was barren. I mean, like, naturally speaking, her body could not produce a child. But because of their faith, her faith had to be activated at some point. <laughs> She's going to bear this child carry it to term, 
And she had, even though she laughed at first, you know, because your mind sometimes can't comprehend the things that God has in store for you. But she must have at some point activated that faith and, you know, said, okay, Lord, yes, Lord, I believe you, Lord. <laughs> Let it be done unto me, you know. Um, so she received this promise, and the whole nation came from this one man and one woman, amen, who was as good as dead, a nation with so many people like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. There's no way to count them. I mean, God's word will not return void. It didn't look, it didn't look possible. In fact, it looked impossible. What does the word of God say? With God, all things are possible. So that means that it doesn't matter if our minds can comprehend what God's telling you is going to happen for the church, for your family, for your finances. It doesn't matter what the circumstance looks right now. If it looks like you don't have enough in your bank account to pay your bills, the word of God says, my God supplies all of your needs according to his riches and glory. It doesn't matter what your body feels like because the word of God says by Jesus stripes you were healed over 2,000 years ago. Amen? And so his word is true. It dominates and eliminates whatever the physical senses say because it doesn't matter. His word won't return void. It will be accomplished. Amen? And so these men and women of God by faith took what God was saying and they ran with it. It didn't matter what circumstances said, what people said, what you were going through, what it felt like. They did it anyways. Why? Because of their faith. What is faith again? Faith is complete trust or confidence in someone or something. That's complete trust. It's to do something regardless of what it looks like, regardless of the circumstances going on around you. Faith is trust, that when God says, even though you don't have enough, he says, give, and it shall be given unto you. What he's doing there is you're responding to him in faith that he's going to supply your needs. I've heard this phrase said, and, and I don't really like cliches, but it's really true according to the word of God. If it's not enough to meet your need, then think about it. It might be your seed. Because if you don't have enough and the word of God says give and it shall be given unto you, what you're doing is you're planting a seed. What happens after you plant a seed? Harvest. Amen? The fruit comes up. And then you have more than a seed. Then you got the plant. Then you got the, the fruit of it. And the seeds that fall off of that tree, planting more seeds. And it produces. Maybe not tomorrow. Because does a plant grow in one day? No, but you're planting seeds for your future. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, the word of God says, pressed down and shaking together. And so that means like more than enough will be given back to you. But when you're doing that, what you're doing is you're acting because of your faith in God that he's going to supply your needs. You're showing him, I trust in you. Not my circumstance. Not my job. Not my bank account. Amen? I trust in you, God. Amen? Um, 1 Peter 5, 7, you're, it says, Cast all your cares on the Lord, for he cares for you. That means that regardless of the thing that you're going through, regardless of what it looks like, what it feels like, you're going to say, God, you're bigger than this. God, with, all, with you, all things are possible. 
So, Lord, I'm going to take this care. It's kind of what I made you do this morning. Even though I feel it, even though I can touch it, even though I can see this care, you said all things can work together for my good. You said all things are possible with you. So, Lord, I'm just going to act in faith as if that's true, and I cast these cares upon you because you care for me. I'm going to just physically, I'm just going to put an action to it, and I cast these cares upon you. If you need to, sometimes do step into the natural a little bit too and just put some action to it because you're taking steps of faith, putting action to your faith, letting God know you trust him. Amen? Because what? Faith without works is dead. And I want to be a person of faith because that's the kind of person that pleases God. And then when I please God, he can make my life a success. And that's what we're talking about. Successful Christian living. Hallelujah. Where was I here? Okay. Um, all these people died still believing that God had, what God had promised them. Some of them, it came to pass in their lifetime, like Noah, you know, um, Moses, Abraham. But some of them died still believing that the promises of God were true. And they were fulfilled. Like, for example, um, Moses, who led the people out of Egypt, he did get to be a part of that. He didn't get to be a part of the promised land. And does that mean that the promised land never happened for them? No. God's word won't return void. It happened. There's just some circumstances that happened, and he ended up growing old and, and a little bit of disobedience in the midst there that caused him to not be able to step out, but his gener next generation stepped in, amen, and saw the fulfillment of God's word not return void, amen, but be accomplished. So, man, these men and women of God, I mean, there's, these are some huge feats of faith, <laughs> huge things that God has asked them. And think about it. He's not asking us to build an ark. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Clayton's like, amen, because he doesn't like to use a hammer, as Mike knows. Um <laughs> He's not asking us to bear a child at 100 years old. Woohoo! All right. <laughs> My last son just went to kindergarten. Thank you, Jesus. Um, he's not asking us to, um, I mean, I don't know if he's going to ask you to lead people out of a certain land, but right now, he, as far as I know, he's not asking us to lead people that's in captivity out of a land, calling us to be their leader. I mean, these are huge things that they had to believe God that were actually true, and I'm going to step forward in faith. I don't see that this is true, but I'm going to just step forward in faith because I know your voice, and I know you tell the truth. So I'm going to follow it. But God puts the most impossible situations in the Word of God to make your situation seem so much more possible. For you, it might be believing him for, in the area of finances or in the area of health or in the area of restoration of your family, or whatever it might be, when you look at these big things, how small is that? And I'm not saying it's not important, but how small is that for God to be able to do for you? Take God's word, believe it. Fellowship with him, ask him for wisdom and knowledge on how to, what you need to do to set your hand to whatever you're believing him for. And then when he speaks to you, and you listen to him and he speaks to you, believe it. And it most likely is always, always, always just going to be the word of God that he speaks to you because he doesn't go off of this. Amen? Hallelujah. 
So he wants us to put action to our faith. He wants us to hear his voice. He wants us to trust when he speaks to us by his word, by his spirit, through his spoken word. And then we need to put action to it as if we trust him. Having complete, total and trust in God and faith is putting action to what we hear. That's faith. That's what it is. Um, Mark 11, 23 and 24, he says to us, when you're standing in front of a mountain, when you're faced with a storm, you're faced with a battle, whatever your mountain is, he says for you to say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. And he tells us, do not doubt in your heart, but believe what you say will be done for you. What he's telling you to do is put some action to what you're believing for. Say to it. Speak to it. Why is he telling us to do that? When you have faith and you speak over something, the Bible says the power of life and death is in our tongue. So when we speak it, you're putting action to that faith. And you're commanding because we were created in the image of God and he spoke and the worlds came into existence. We too can speak to our situation and command in the name of Jesus, devil, I command you to flee. Or in the name of Jesus, I command sickness to depart. In the name of Jesus, I command peace to be still in my home if it feels chaotic or whatever the case might be. Do you, ever, you ever been there where it feels like a, just a spirit of chaos? It just feels like a whirlwind. And I know that happens a lot more when you have young kids. But whatever the case, it's different. It's just like an elevated, like, oh, everything feels irritating kind of thing. And you've got to recognize that. And in the name of Jesus, I command peace be still. If you use it, your tongue with authority in the name of Jesus, it has the same power when, Jesus, when God spoke and the earth was made into existence. Why? Because your words are filled and infused with the power of God. The Holy Spirit backs up when you speak the word of God. Why? The word is power. It's alive. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. When you speak the word of God, you're telling God, I have faith. In what you spoke, I'm going to put it into action. And when you have faith in what he spoke, the supernatural coincides with it. The supernatural starts working all things together for your good. Even if it seemed impossible. God has worked some impossible things out for us. Why? Because we had faith and spoke it. You know, even if it was one year, two years down the road, we saw it in manifestation because we did not waver. We held God to his word. He says, remind him of what he said in his word. That's why it's so important to study the word of God, to know him, to fellowship with him, to know what he's thinking, how he thinks about certain things, and then to know how to believe him. Lord, you promised in your word this, this, and this. You promised that by Jesus' stripes I was healed. You promised you'd supply my needs. Lord, you promised, and he says, bring it back to him. Why is he doing that? Because he wants you studying his word, number one. He wants you to know him, and he wants you to hold on to this promise. He wants you to hold on to it, remind him, because when you remind him, that's actually putting action to your faith. When you remind him, you say, God, your word says this. You're saying, God, I have faith in your word. Amen? And then faith is what moves God. That's what all of a sudden things are working out for your good. All of a sudden, God's leading and guiding you and directing you where before it felt like you weren't even hearing from him. 
But when you put faith in his word and put it into practice, you're telling God, I hear you, I trust you, I have confidence that your word is the total truth and it won't return void. Amen? So it's faith put into action is what moves God. Faith is huge in the journey of a Christian life. It's huge in bringing success into your life. And to, you know, bring God glory. Um, let's read Hebrews. It's just kind of a summary of the chapter, I, the beginning of the chapter I read. Hebrews 11, 32 through 34 says, how much he gives this whole spiel <laughs> about all these men and women of God. Then he says, how much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of faith. Um, the faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, David, Samuel, and all the prophets, by faith, these men overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, received what God had promised them. They shut, they shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, escaped death by the sword. Their weakness was turned into strength. They became strong in battle, put, on, put out whole armies, and women received their loved ones back from the dead. All these miracles were done by faith in God. What is faith in God again? It's complete trust or confidence in someone. If you have complete trust and confidence in God, you're going to do what he tells you to do. You're going to say what he tells you to say. You're going to put into practice the word that is preached. And you will begin to see the manifestation of all these things work out for you. Why do things work out for that person? Why are they getting blessed? Well, do you see them standing in faith for two, three years? Do you see them giving and it shall be given unto them? Do you see them um, praying and asking one another for forgiveness and then, you know, seeing them healed? Because they're acting on the word of God. He says, pray and confess your sins one another then pray for one another that you may be healed. If you have sin in your life and it's unconfessed sin, hatred towards your brother, unforgiveness towards your brother, and you're not walking in love, you're not repenting to them, then how in the world are you going to receive forgiveness? Because the word of God says to forgive so that you may be forgiven. If you have faith in God that he forgives you, then you're going to forgive your brother or your sister in the Lord. Amen? We need to be careful. If we want to have successful Christian lives, then we need to be doing what God's word says. Don't just expect his forgiveness if you're not forgiving others. Don't just expect for him to give, give, give if you're not giving yourself. Give and it shall be given unto you. We have to do what the word of God says to do in order to receive what the word of God says we can have. Amen? And he will cause all things to work together for your good. He says in his word, beloved, I wish above all things that you'd prosper, that you'd be in health, that your soul would prosper. That's 3 John 1, 2. He wishes for you to have this successful Christian life. He wants it for you. But you've got to take his word and you've got to put action to it. And that is showing him, I have faith in you. How do I put action to it? Well, whatever it is you're believing for. 
If you're believing for health, then I would just start speaking and declaring over myself, by Jesus' stripes I am healed, and asking the Holy Spirit to show me what I need to do. Amen? And if it is believing for um, restoration in my family, I'd start by forgiving them. I'd start by walking in love with them, not waiting for them to walk in love with me. If I'm the one praying about it, then I need to initiate some things. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but there's somebody. (laughs) God wants to work things together for your good. God wants it as much as you do, that restoration. Amen? God wants to see your families fill in these pews. And he wants it even more than you do. But we need to have faith that if we will forgive, amen, then there's things that will be put into play. He'll start working all things together for our good if we'll start doing what the word of God says to do. So trusting in God and having faith amidst what it looks like, it's a fight of faith. And actually, in 1 Timothy 6.12, he tells us he understands it's going to be a fight of faith. It's a fight to get what you're believing for. It's a fight. Um, Basically, he says in 1 Timothy 6.12, fight the good fight of faith. And so what he's saying is you're fighting and holding fast to what you're believing for and how you're trusting in God and what you're trusting in him for, even though the reason it's a fight is the circumstances are going to contradict it. You know, it's going to butt heads with what you're believing for. The things around you says there's no way that's happening, but you're continuing to fight for it because God said it so. Amen? So God says, fight the good fight of faith. And then he says in James 1, let's turn there. Talking about there being a little bit of controversy and a little bit of conflict when it comes to believing God and having faith in him. Um, But we need to just push on through and keep having faith regardless of what comes our way. In James 1, 2 through 7, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Woohoo! All right. For you know that when your faith faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So when challenges come your way, conflicts that go against what you're believing for, consider it an opportunity for joy. Why? Because when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Guess what? I believe that even though it wasn't the prettiest and most exciting thing to go into the fire, or go through the storm, or go into the lion's den, or be thrown into the dungeon like Joseph was. Even though it wasn't the prettiest, I'm pretty sure because they continued having faith in God, they came out with stronger faith. That God can see them through just about anything now. Amen? And so that's what he's talking about. Let your endurance, when you go through stuff, continue in faith and let your endurance have a chance to grow. Let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Nothing but faith. Having faith in God and having nothing move you. I mean, going through a fiery furnace and God being right alongside of you, bringing you out of that, without the smell of smoke, your clothes aren't singed, your hair's in place, you have some strong faith in the Lord, not because you went through it, but because he brought you out of it. 
And don't be discouraged because you've been through some things. Your testimony of faith is bigger than someone who hasn't been through that thing. If you'll keep your faith in God regardless of what you're seeing, he'll bring you through to the other side. And then you can shout and declare from the rooftops what God has done. Amen? I loved um, Brother Ted when we first came into this church. Um, he gave a testimony of God um, healing him of um, cancer. And it, it touched me so much, I didn't even know about it. <laughs> and um, just the testimony of the goodness of God. Now, do you ever want to wish that on anybody? Absolutely not. But the testimony is there for someone else to have faith that God will bring them through to the other side. That God never leaves you nor forsakes you. That he's with you always, even until the end. All of these things are true. And so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're still helping us today because of their story and their walk of faith. Amen? And so don't lose hope, but keep your trust and your faith in God when you go through storms. Because God's going to use that. He's going to turn. He didn't cause the storm. You know, the enemy caused the storm. The enemy who is what moved um, Nebuchadnezzar to throw them into the fiery furnace. God didn't throw them into the fiery furnace to, you know, raise them out of the fiery furnace. The enemy caused it, but God protected them through it. Okay? All things work together for the good to those who love God. Every good and perfect thing is from God. Nothing that's not good, that's not perfect, it's not from God. He's not trying to teach you a lesson. But... When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord will raise up a standard. The Lord will protect you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Amen? And so they kept their trust in God. You've got to keep your trust, whatever storm you're facing, keep that hope, that trust, that faith in God. And he will come through for you. Fight the good fight of faith. I love James. He says, count it joy when your faith is tested, for your endurance has a chance to grow. Your trusting God amidst circumstances is like you pumping iron. You're like, yeah, my faith's growing. Praise the Lord. He's bringing me through to the other side. And then when you're done with that storm, you can say, look what the Lord has done. Amen. God's so good. Thank you, Jesus. He got the victory for all of us. We don't have to be worried. The devil is defeated. Amen. Yeah, so Noah built that ark, and in, in a non-existent flood, God told him to do it. He had this fellowship with God, or he knew his voice, and he's like, yeah, it looks pretty dry out there, Lord, but nevertheless, <laughs> at your word, I'll build that ark. Why? Because he had faith in God, and he got to see the miraculous. I mean, it was a sad day. But it was a, re a day of rejoicing, counting it joy. Amen? I mean, after that day, pretty sure that he trusted God the rest of his life. <laughs> pretty sure that when he heard God tell him something, he was ready to do it because God saved their lives. Imagine God telling us to do something and not doing it. How many times do we do that? You know, thinking like, oh, that doesn't make sense. We need to make sure we have this relationship with the Lord where we know his voice. Fellowshipping with him, not just telling him what to do and what we need, but hearing what he has to say so that he can make sure we're on the right track. The word of God says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord, not in your own mind. 
Trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean to your own understanding. What is that? That's faith. Don't look to your understanding, but in all your ways, in every area of your life, acknowledge him and what he has said to do, and he'll make sure your path is straight. He'll make sure you end up where you need to be, going where you need to go, doing what you need to do, equipped with what you, ha- what you need to have. If you have faith in him. Amen? You can do it. Why? Because greater is he who is in you than he that's in the world. Have faith in God. That's what's going to make you a success in this life. And have assurance that he's never, ever, 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 ever lied and never will lie. That he's not a respecter of persons. If he did it for one person, even back there in the Old Testament, he'll do it for you too. He will come through for you. Isaiah 55, 11, he says, My word does not return void. It will accomplish where I sent it. It will accomplish what I sent it to do. It will prosper wherever I sent it. I'm paraphrasing there. You can read it right out of the word. Isaiah 55, 11, he says, My word won't return void. When I speak it, it's happening. Amen? In Numbers 23, 19, it says, God is not a man that he should lie. He's not a human that he should change his mind. Does he speak and not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? No. We look at the things that looked impossible, looked like he wasn't going to fulfill it, but then he did with Noah and the ark, with Abraham and the father of many nations, with um, Moses and leading the people out of Egypt into the promised land. It didn't look possible, but these men of God had faith in God amidst crazy circumstances. They continued to have faith in God, and God caused all things to work together for their good. God's word did not return void. It was accomplished. Amen? 1 Corinthians 1.20 is a great scripture to hold on to, because this whole word is, guess what? It's a promise. This is God speaking to you. You want God to speak to you? You say, I need to hear his voice. Read the word. It's him speaking to you. And the word of God says in 2 Corinthians 1.20, all of God's promises, that entire word, he says, yes and amen. That means that settles it. All of God's promises are yes and amen. Every single thing that you need from the Lord and he spoke it, he says, yes. My answer for that, Lord, I need healing? Yes. I need your supply? Yes. I need your provision? I need you to intervene in this you know, situation? Yes. Because I found it in the word. It was already a promise. It's not something new. So read the word of God so you know what he's already promising you. Hallelujah. All of God's promises, I just thought of this um, the other day, and I was like, praise the Lord. <laughs> his promises, his word is eternal. That means it doesn't come with an expiration date. You know, do you ever go through your pantry and you realize some of that stuff's been in there a while? You never got around to cooking it, and some of them are from, like, I don't want to tell my mom, but I, me and my brother <laughs> me and my brother went through their, their cabinets one day, and probably threw away a whole garbage bag full of expired 
cans of food or whatever from like 2013, 18, whatever. And I realized some of them have a longer shelf life, you know, so some of them that were only a year old we kept. But whatever the case, if it was longer than that, we were throwing it away. God's promises never expire. Isn't that good? His prom- And then when I got that, I just got excited on the inside. It's always good for you. It will always work for you. He'll always intervene on your behalf if you have faith in him and his word. I don't know about you. That made me excited. Hallelujah. So I want to encourage you today, have faith and put action to that faith. Don't let it be dead. Receive this word today and say, I want a successful Christian life. So from this day forward, I'm making a decision in my heart to not only hear God's word, but put it into action, put it to practice. Amen? That is the second key that the Lord showed me for successful Christian living, for a successful Christian life. So first one is, you know, fellowshipping with the Father, both talking to him and receiving from him. Second one, faith, having faith in God. Hallelujah. Did that help you today? Amen. I'm going to pray today for our morning tithes and offerings. And so um,